um, a wide range of toys from the Space Jam movies and a little live pets, either a, a My Pet Pig or a Gotta Go Flamingo that does a lot of things, more things than you'd like it to do. Um, and a whole, a whole host of other, other things that I'm sure if you look at advertisements uh, that children need to have to be happy. Uh, but the fact that you're here tonight on a, the Sunday night before Christmas tells me that uh, you don't believe uh, those things and you have a different idea of what you and your family need in order to be happy uh, and what you need uh, really for Christmas. Uh, so if you're not already there, if you would turn to Philippians chapter 2. From, from Paul's letters to the believers there in Philippi, we're going to see three things that we truly do need this Christmas. And the first thing we're going to see that we need is a Christmas mind. We're going to see that we need to have a Christmas mind. Now Christmas is just six days away. Six short, busy days away. And with only six brief days, that's about 150 hours from now before Christmas. What's, what's on your mind uh, today? I know uh, for some it might be that you might still have a list or two or three of things that you need to do or buy. You might be thinking about that gift that you need to have for each family member, the, the gift for your children's three different Christmas parties. Have you mailed all your Christmas cards yet? Do you have a gift for each of your children's teachers, the piano teacher, the school teacher, the Sunday school teacher, the Iwana teacher? Have you f- figured out all your Christmas cookies? you have those all baked? Have you, have you already decorated your house, got the lawn ornaments all out, the, the lights all up? Well, if you've, stayed, if you've stayed in enough department store lines, you may be feeling like you're, you've lost your Christmas mind. Um, perhaps you're ready to give up. Your goal is just simply to survive Christmas, make it to December 26th, um, or possibly you're just ready to call off Christmas altogether because you've had it. Well, what's on your mind? If you're like some, words like frustration, anxiety, overwhelmed come to mind, and with just six days before Christmas, let me tell you tonight, we need to have a, a Christmas mind. Christmas mind so that we can properly understand the first Christmas and enjoy and honor uh, God this and every Christmas. Uh, so what is a Christmas mind? Well, if you're not there, if you turn to Philippians 2, uh, we're going to look at, we're going to focus in on verses 5 to 8. We're going to read verses 1 through 8. Um, but as I read, notice all the uses of the word mind, uh, beginning in verse 1. So if there is any encouragement in Christ any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. And then the verses we're going to focus in on tonight... Verses 5 to 8, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This, uh, this passage is packed with a lot of great truths in it. We're not going to um, get to probably half of it. Uh, but it's a great passage to study if, you, if, you're, if you're looking for one to study. 
As uh, in the days here leading up to Christmas, I would encourage you to, to dig into Philippians chapter 2. But Paul begins in verse 5 by commanding believers to have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. He, he's commanding us to think a certain way, to, to have our mind focused um, on a certain, in a certain way. Um, and then he goes on to describe what that mind looks like. And he describes that for us in verses 6 and 7. He says, Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Jesus didn't think it something to be held on to or seized. In other words, he was willing to give up all the rights and the privileges and honor of God for a season. But imagine with me for just a moment, what, what did Christ give up that first Christmas? The splendor of heaven, the beauty, the magnificence. Like, it's, if you can imagine, like moving from the Bahamas with its crystal blue waters, if you've ever seen there or been there, to moving into the neighborhood that has the refineries in Newark. Uh, enjoying the praise and the glory and the worship of the angelic host to being despised and rejected. From being served to being coming the servant. Like going from the president to the slave. I mean, some of us have experienced this in a very minute form, a uh, small way when, when some of us have gone on mission trips uh, to various foreign countries. I, I remember going on a variety of different trips uh, where we didn't have some of the luxuries that we enjoy here. And, and before we left, uh, many times, many of the people that we had served, whether it was from the church or otherwise, would come together and sometimes they would just say thank you, but they would, they would often say thank you so much for your great sacrifice. And we would kind of leave there thinking, wow, what did we sacrifice? What did, what did we really give up by going on this missions trip? We, we have to admit it really wasn't much, really, uh, we gave up time and closeness with our family and friends, um, uh, oftentimes air conditioning, the comfort of our own beds, uh, many times uh, flush toilets and showers, uh, the ability to go inside and get away from bugs. Uh, we gave up familiar foods uh, for about a week or so. But Jesus, he gave up so much more. He gave up so much more and he did it willingly and, and obediently for for 32 or so years, he, he served and he suffered. And you might say, well, how, how did Jesus do that? Well, you, you might say, well, he's, he's God. He can do anything, right? But, uh, but not me. I, I, I couldn't do that. That's, that's too much. But Paul commands us. He says, have the same mind of Jesus. May have the same mind. And so it's possible because we're never commanded to do something that we're unable to do. So how, you might say, is it possible? Well, in verses 3 and 4, he says, In his humility, he thought more of others and their needs than his own. And because of his focus on the needs of others, because of his love for us, because of his love for others, he was able to do that. So how about you? Is that how others would describe you? Oh, so-and-so, yes. I know them. They're, they're always thinking about others. Oh, so-and-so from work? Yeah, he's, he's always looking out to meet others' needs. Oh, so-and-so? Yeah, he's always looking to meet and help out the little guy who can't take care of, of themselves. See, that was Jesus. 
And that's one reason why he could take such a drastic step down. And this Christmas, and always, Paul says that should be us. So first of all, in order to understand the first Christmas, we need to have a Christmas mind that puts others first. Second, Paul says, we need to have a Christmas change. If you look at verses 6 through 8, Paul writes, Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Again, we see verse, verse 6, in the form of God. He didn't, Jesus did not give up being God, but for a temporary period of time, he gave up some of the rights and privileges of being God. If you, want, if you underline in your Bible, you might underline in verse 6, the form of God, and draw a line down to verse 8, the form of a servant. It's a familiar word for many of us. Uh, servant, the word translated for, for doulos, the bond servant, one who willingly puts themselves in servitude to their master. That's the closest thing I can relate it to is um, a show that I saw a long time ago called Undercover Boss. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I've only saw a few episodes. So I can't speak for, for how good the show is or not. But I saw one show in which uh, the president, um, it was all about the president of a wastewater treatment company. And the man went from Again, the presidential office, you know, with the nice desk, the, you know, the phone, the computer, having meetings and phone calls and having people come and serve him, bring him coffee, to being one of the day laborers on the dirtiest, lowest levels of the company. And so he went from running the show to the hands-on, dealing with the, the yuck and stink of the lowest level job. And he was yelled at. I remember he was criticized. He did the most disgusting jobs, you know, at his company. And I don't know if you've ever been around when a, a septic system is being pumped out or been around that, but it is not a pleasant smell. You wouldn't want to be eating lunch anytime around that time. Um, so he gave up a lot to go from the president's office to being the labor. But, but Jesus gave up so much more than any undercover boss you might ask, well, how did he do it? Well, verse 5 says, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. He didn't think that it was something that he should hold on to or seize. In other words, he was willing to give up all those rights for just a season. And Jesus, although he had all the prestige, the honor, the praise, the worship in heaven, he was willing to, to lay that all aside at Christmas, that first Christmas. He had the position and he had the power but that didn't stop him from serving humanity in the most humble of ways. So Jesus went from being the king of heaven to being the servant of men. And that's just not normal in our world. Normal is wanting to climb the corporate ladder, to want bigger and better, to, have, to get better pay and, and better treatment, to get more power and more prestige. But being willing to step down and set all that aside, well, that's, we know that's not normal in our world at all. However, if we have Jesus' mind, the mind which willingly serves others, who serves others who don't deserve to be served, those that may even hurt us or offend us, the mind that doesn't look for gifts for us, but is more concerned about more for others, 
about meeting their needs, about ensuring that they're comfortable, it would change us. In fact, it would change, it would change teens when they come into the youth group. I've, I've seen it. I've seen seniors who take time and take an interest in the sixth graders in the youth group. They make a point to get to know them, to spend time with them, to let them know that they're important in the youth group, and it makes a big difference. It would change our church. Our church is already a stellar example of how the nations can come together and, and do better than just get along. We, we worship, we love each other, we worship together. But it would even change how we welcome those that are new to our fellowship. And if we have that mind in us, <clears throat> it'll change our Christmas. Christmas won't be about us, it won't be about our gifts, it won't be about our plans and our desires. It would be about Jesus, and it would be about others. So we've seen that we need a Christmas mind, we need a Christmas change. And the third thing that Paul says we need to better understand that first Christmas is a Christmas cross. Uh, Notice verse 8. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus was obedient even death on a cross. Being, being crucified, you, many of you know, you've, been, you've studied the Bible, you've, you've been at church for years, you know that being crucified was one of the most cruel, excruciating, humiliating, degrading forms of death ever devised in Jesus' day. And it was Jesus, the, 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 king, the king of heaven, who came to earth to be born in a stable to serve, to be punished, and to die for us. That first Christmas, it, was, it, was, it wasn't pretty, it was messy. There was no Christmas lights, there, was, there were no tinsel, no ornaments, no eggnog, no Christmas parties, no gift exchanges, no Christmas cookies. You might say, are, are any of those things wrong? Well, not at all. They're, they're not wrong if they don't keep us from having Jesus' mind at Christmas. If they keep us from meeting the needs of others, from, from serving others, if our Christmas becomes all about us, about our wants and our happiness, well then, yeah, those, those things can become wrong. But we see here that Jesus coming to earth cost him his life. So let me ask you tonight, what, what are you willing to sacrifice in order to be like Jesus? Are you willing to give up your comfort, your plans, your desires for him? Perhaps you'd say that up till now you really haven't had a Christmas mind like Jesus. Well, let this Christmas perhaps be the start of maybe some new traditions, some new priorities for you and your family because of what Jesus has done in your hearts today. Let's pray and ask God to help us to do just that. Father, we are so thankful for Jesus And as we're reminded this time of year of all that he gave up, out of his great love for us, out of obedience, he came down to serve and to live and to to die for us. And we can't say thank you enough. Help us as we go about our days, even this week, leading up to Christmas, to be focused on you, to be thankful for all that you've done for us, and to focus on how we can better serve others and those that you put into our lives. We pray in Jesus' great name. Amen.